before I, I start, uh, I'm going to minister out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse through 9. But before that, Moses, God called Moses to take the Israelites out of Egypt. He was there, and God uh, called them to set the people free, right? They get into the desert, and they're stuck. They're in the rut. How many know in life we get in ruts? You know, they had a tendency to come and repent and say, God, you know, we're going to change. And all of a sudden, they went back. They relapsed. They went back to who they were. And God would say, you know what? I want you to take a three and a half year march around the desert. For, for 40 years, every three and a half years, they marched around the desert because they rebelled against God. They lost perspective. They lost focus. They lost the vision. They lost the desire and the hunger to pursue what God had for them. Sometimes in life, we lose the hunger for the things of God. We get more focused on what we want and what I need. It's not what you want. It's what me. We get that me mentality. Yeah, God, I want you, but I also want the the blessings on the side from the world. I, I want everything that they have, but I want what you have. Nobody here, only in San Jose were like that. San Jose is such a bad place. They're probably watching. I don't want to get in trouble, but that's okay. I'm going to blame Remnant Weedier for that. I'm going to say they were twisting my hand. You guys didn't see it. And so they were there, and they kept going around and around. And the frustration about being involved in ministry is you can get, you can get frustrated at the people. Instead of distracting the noise from the distraction from the outside and just focusing on who God is, Moses lost perspective of who God was. Matter of fact, he stroked the rock. And because him striking the rock, God said, because of that, you will not enter into the promised land. Sometimes we wonder, why am I stuck? It's because we're hitting the rock. We're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. We're engaging in things we shouldn't be engaging in. God's saying, that's enough. You're going to be there, but you ain't going to move on. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to be put in a situation where I'm going to be right there. And when you're stuck, your family gets stuck. Your finances get stuck. Your promotion gets stuck. Your ability to see things differently you get stuck. Tell your neighbor, get out of it. Don't get stuck. Tell your neighbor, don't get stuck. You're saying, but I'm already stuck. No, that's not true. You're like, I can't get up. You ever had a dream where you want to get up and run and you can't? Well, that's what happens in Christianity. You're like, don't run out yet. I'm not even done yet. I've already started. So we get stuck. And we say, God, why ain't my children getting saved? Because we're stuck. God, why are my children still doing what they're doing? Because we're still stuck. We're still hitting the rock. So God says, because of that, you will not enter into the promised land. And start my text. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving them, 
the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Say, God has given me. Everywhere you step with your church, everywhere you step, God is going to give you favor. Okay, that was kind of weak. You should be like, yes! Because you have to believe that. Here, God is telling Joshua, man, everywhere your foot steps on, man, it's yours. Declare it. Man, name it. God is going to give it to you as an inheritance. See, we have to believe that God is a God that blesses, not a God that condemns and a God that judges. You know, get rid of that wine, that wine skin and put on Christ saying, God, what God is saying is don't get stuck like Moses did. He's dead. He's gone. See, God, what you don't want to do, God picks up. He'll get someone else. The other day, uh, Pastor Daniel and Sabrina took us to go eat. And we're walking around, and there's a man preaching. I got to share it. Sorry. <laughs> and they're getting down. I won't let you know. And I'm like, yes, yes. He's, he's claiming territory. But this lady comes up to me, and she goes, I got a word for you. At first, I was kind of like, get back. <laughs> get back. You've done the same thing. Don't look at me like, come on, Pastor. That, that. You did like. Whoa, who are you? What tribe are you from? What church are you from? Man, so I said, God said, humble yourself. So she came, she goes, can I pray for you? And she starts, you know, God's going to use you. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. But she said a key word that got me to my sermon. She said, if you don't use your gift, God will take it from you and give it to somebody else. To me, that was a revelation. Because what we lack, God will take it. And God will give it to, and inside, I, got, I had like a little fear, like, false prophet. <laughs> Don't tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. You would do the same thing like, man, that's not of God. Telling me I'm going to lose my gift. What's wrong with that person? But it really gave me that understanding that God said, hey, Moses is dead. It's gone. It, you have to pick it up. And when she said that, when we don't use our gifts, God will take them. All, each and every one of you has a gift. Some of clay, some of wood, some of silver, some of honor, and some of dishonor. But it doesn't matter because the other ones should supposed to help the ones of dishonor. They're still part of the body of Christ. It doesn't mean we treat them differently. Are you with me this morning? They are still part of the body. And they're still part of the inheritance. And in order to receive an inheritance, we have to be able to step into it. We got to be able to see a clear vision of what God has. Joshua had to see the clear vision. He had to see a big picture that what God had. This morning, you got to see bigger than what you see. My brother was picking up the offering. He says, hey, you got to, we want it. We're believing in the future. Every time you give it to, to see what God has, you don't have to see it. You have to declare it already. Okay, I'm going to say it again. You have, to, you have to declare it now and thank God now for what is to come. Sometimes we want to wait. Oh, you know, next year. Forget about next year. It might never come. We say, God, thank you. Our building's already here. You already prepared it. We have to step in. 
what God is telling Joshua. Joshua, step into the land. Step into your inheritance. Step into your blessing. Make a declaration. Rise up and take the people. What he's saying is don't think about it. Don't hesitate. Don't, you know, make a planning session. Just declare it and go for it. Sometimes we just got to go for it. Sometimes we can't be afraid. You ever remember when you met the person you loved? Okay, everybody got quiet. And you were like, you would walk by her like, I hope she sees me getting down right now. And she'd be like, oh my God, he's such a man of God. He's my angel. George knows what I'm, Pastor George knows what I'm talking about. Right, you guys remember that? You weren't afraid. You were declaring like, you're mine. You're mine like fine wine. And that's how you got to look. You got to look at like, ooh, mm, yes, I'm ready. Don't settle for nothing. So many times believers settle for nothing. We just in a routine. Come to church, worship God, do what we do, and then go. And nothing, no, and not expecting anything greater from God. God is not a God that wants to keep us broken poor. I'm a firm believer in that. God wants to bless you. God wants to supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. God, the same God that every other church serves, we serve. And the same blessings they get. We get. Are you with me? Let me go on because I'm going to get stuck here. What time are we supposed to be out? <laughs> okay, I got 14 minutes. I was looking for the, the... Be quiet, Pastor Abel. Move on. All right, let's move on. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon... As far as the great river, the river Ephrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Say, my territory. territory. Say, "My my territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That means the enemy can't take nothing from you. In the name of Jesus, demons will flee. That means COVID is not your God. Jesus is. Okay, I know it's a controversial thing, but if COVID can cripple a nation, why can't God bless a nation? Think about that. If it brought fear around the world, silence people, make them afraid, and COVID is not even God. Are you with me this morning? God is God. And even in the day of judgment, COVID will bow down to God. And acknowledge him as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance. Say, I have an inheritance. 
the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper, say prosper, wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Say success. I have not commanded you, but strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm not you, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited that God's saying, wherever I go, God is going to be right there. That be courageous. Say, be courageous. Say, be courageous. Sometimes we got to be courageous. Quit being intimidated. Quit allowing the enemy to intimidate you and make you feel that nothing is going to happen in your life. That God is going to do something great. Do you believe that? That God is going to do signs and miracles and wonders. I think sometimes we don't believe in miracles. I remember a couple years ago, there was a uh, family I had in my church. And they were there and they told me, Pastor, can you come and pray for my mom? We're going to pull her, her, the cord and, you know, God's going to take her. And, and, and I said, you know, where's your faith? Where's your love? I felt like they just wanted to pull the cord on her. And I remember I said, I told my wife, let's go pray for her. And we went and we said, God, bind the spirit of death. Show their family who you are. They pulled it, and she lived. She lived. And they looked at me, and they were like, and I said, God, show them that you are a loving God. See, God hears the prayers of a righteous person prevaileth much. Where two or three are gathered, their God is in the midst. God still does miracles. God still draws in our lost family members. God still restores marriages. God still heals wounds. God still removes things from our lives. All we have to do is step in. All we have to do is believe. We have to have a supernatural vision. We have to see things the way God saw them. Joshua had to see things the way God seen them, not the way he seen them. See, prior to that, when Caleb and Joshua went into the prompt to scout the land, now remember this, they came back with a positive thing. Say positive. And they say, man, let's take it now. Say now. now. Take it now. Sometimes we got to take things now. Quit waiting for tomorrow or the next day and say, well, we're not ready. No, we are ready. You have to be ready just to step in by faith and not by sight. So what happens? Ten came back negative. You see, God can never give you something when only part of the church believes for the blessing. I'll say it again. God can never give us something when only part of the people believed. Why didn't he give it to Joshua and Caleb? They believed. They had the faith. They weren't afraid. But God doesn't give partial blessing. It's all or nothing. Say all or nothing. 
So when God is going to, when you ask God for something, then you need to declare that because God gives you all, not just part of it. And we all have to be in the same understanding. God, I want my inheritance. God, I want my blessing. God, I'm not going to let the other person de decide who I am, but I'm going to stay focused on what you have for me. We have to walk for it. And I thought about that. And so what happens? At the end, God gives it to Joshua. He says, now, say now. He says, now my servant is dead. Now you're going to take him into the promised land. He had to see a broader vision. He had to see something more than what everybody else was seeing. And also, Joshua was ready. Say ready. He was ready. He was ready to say, man, I'm taking it. I'm coming in. I'm, I'm going to change what took place, and I'm going to take the people somewhere. See, you're taking people somewhere, remnant. Say, we're taking people somewhere. That's why you're here. You are that remnant. Can I say that? What one person lacked, you said, now God said, now Joshua, take them into the promised land. Take them where no one has ever taken them before. You are where you belong right now. Your vision is where it needs to be. Your motivation, your worship, everything that's set up, everybody that's here. Man, you're all part of what God is going to do. This is your season. This is your moment to seize and say, man, let's do it. Wherever your foot trends on is yours. Whatever you do, remember, there's a blessing behind it. People are going to come back to church. Backsliders are going to come back to church. People that never gave are going to give. I ain't lying. Tell your neighbor, we ain't lying. I believe that. When we got our building, when we were in the desert, I went to an owner and I said, look, I was praying. They kicked us out of our building. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm crying. God, why, why did you bring me here? Where's the, you promised. You brought me. Where, where's the promise? And there's a phone number. But I tried to get this building five years before that. So God says, call the number. And I'm a lying devil. I ain't going to call that number. <laughs> he says, call the number. So I call the gentleman. I say, hey, I'm looking for a building to tell you that because they want to rent to churches. I'm a church. He goes, don't worry. I'll go there right now. Wow. He shows up. He says, you want to see the building? I don't have no money now. <laughs> I ain't no money in my pocket. So he comes, he says, look at it. You know, it needs some work. I said, man, I'll take it. I don't know why I said that. He goes, here, here's the keys. We hadn't signed a contract. We hadn't done anything. And I'm like, Pastor Nacho, this guy just gave me some keys and I don't got no money and we haven't signed a contract. What do I do? He goes, well, you better talk to God. God, why? You're my pastor. I got no, go talk to God. God gave it to you. So I remember the next day the landlord calls me and says, um, how can I help you? I said, look, God told me to tell you to give me six months free and we'll work on the building. And the broker's there and he's looking at me like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> he's psycho. What do you mean six months? So the landlord looks at me and says, you know what? God touched me. 
She happened to be a Christian. She goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you six months. You see, when you step in faith and you don't doubt God, God is going to bless you. And we were able to save money for six months that we didn't have. And I tell you, I ran at that time with $6,000. But God provides. God supplies all our needs. So I understand that Joshua had, I got to look at my time. Joshua had a big vision. He had to see bigger than what we see. You have to see things bigger than what you see them right now. Because Joshua remembered what Moses lacked. It wasn't that Moses wasn't a great person, but he realized, man, I'm not going to commit the same mistakes my forefathers did. Are you with me? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things different. I'm going to motivate. He says, be strong, be courageous. What he's saying is, don't be intimidated by no one or nothing. I remember going to San Jose. There was a lot of big churches. I don't know if you've ever seen them online. They're huge, and they're big-time preachers, and, you know, and I would be intimidated. We would go to these pastor meetings, and I'd be like, I'm a little, I'm a little crumb in a, in a valley of big, these big old churches with thousands of members, and Pastor Nacho told me one time, why, why do you get like that? I said, Pastor, you know, they got big old churches. He goes, learn, I'll teach you one thing. You're, you're equal to the next person. No one is better than nobody. But he's telling me, have confidence in who God is and who you are in Christ. doesn't matter how big it is. What matters is how big your heart is for the things of God. See, and sometimes we get intimidated. We, we get intimidated by the things of the world and how we see things instead of realizing who you are. Joshua had to understand who he was. Tell your neighbor, who are you? Who are you? Think about that. We have to know who we are. We have to understand, man, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. God can do anything at any moment. God can move obstacles, mountains. God can remove doubt and unbelief. We have to start walking in bigger vision and God's vision and God's purpose and God's plan and let God take us into the land that he has for us. We have to remove all the negativity. I'll close with this. We saw, me and my wife saw this Eskimo. I think it was in the 80s before they came into the global warming thing. And he was there in his village, sent him to New York City to go by to, the, to the building where the United Nations are at. And he went and he was starting to tell the city, hey, my village sent me because you know what? We're destroying the land. But he said something remarkable. He met this lady from the United Nations and he says, you know what's, we know what's killing our country is that we're so commercialized that we're listening to everything that we see. Buy this, do this, live like this, get the big dream, do this. He goes, being in, in where I'm from, all you, all you realize is the clarity of who God is. He says, you hear the silence of the night and everything speaks to you because it's God-given. He goes, we can I can walk on the snow and I can know where I'm going. He goes, I can feel which way the weather's going to come or how things are shifting because everything's connected with me when, you're, when your mind is clear. 
See, there's too many distractions in where we're at. Too many things that are distracting us. We're allowing too much. Joshua had to clear his mind from all the distractions to really realize what God had for him. This morning, clear all the distractions in your minds. Let God speak to you. Remove everything that tells you something opposite of who God is. And I'll tell you, God will bless you. God will provide for you. Ephesians verse three, chapter 3, verse 20 says, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far above anything we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us. We need bigger vision. Come on, give God praise as every head is bowed.